KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. I think it's ridiculous, especially in Philadelphia. If you live right across the bridge, you don't have to wear it. <laughs> you know? It's fine. <laughs> I mean, on a personal level, it's annoying. I don't like wearing a mask, but, you know, at the same time, on a public health level, I'm fine with it. I'm not not super stoked on it. I wish everyone would just get vaccinated and get boosted so we didn't have to do the mask mandate. That'd be cool. I'm not necessarily sure it helped, but I wore a mask when it was required to, but it just seems arbitrary now. Those are the voices of people who are none too pleased that the city of Philadelphia's indoor mask mandate has restarted officially today. Now, Philadelphia's health commissioner, Dr. Cheryl Bettigal, says reinstating the mask mandate will save lives. If we fail to act now, knowing that every previous wave of infections has been followed by a wave of hospitalizations and then a wave of deaths, it will be too late for many of our residents. This is our chance to get ahead of the pandemic. The city released the latest numbers today. New cases are averaging 224 a day. That's up 50% from last week. 82 people are in the hospital with COVID. That's up from 46 last week. To put this all in context with where we've come from, in January, nearly 1,500 people were in the hospital with COVID-19. Now, Philadelphia is the only major city in the United States to reinstate its mask mandate. So why exactly are city officials acting so differently from the rest of the country and even different from what the CDC is advising? And I'll be honest, guys, with spring here and the weather getting warmer and people starting to reemerge after this winter, I was looking forward to things getting back to normal. So we're going to try and find out, does this new policy, does the update make sense? Will people even be willing to take a step backwards? I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Circa. I'm Brian Seltzer. And we're going to dig into those questions today to try to understand what's happening with this new mandate and what the real effects could be. Plus, there's also a lawsuit fighting against this whole thing. Thomas King III is an attorney representing a group of business owners and residents who oppose the mask efforts. And he told John McDevitt that Philadelphia doesn't have the authority to reintroduce the mask mandate. What's happening here is uh, Philadelphia is acting um, as a renegade operation because they've jettisoned the CDC requirements. They've gotten rid of the CDC as the standard um, to operate in Philadelphia. And unlike every other big city in America, uh, they've created or invented their own standards. Um, so there's no authority to do that. So here to help us wrap our heads around all of what's going on with this mask mandate is Dr. Robert Fields. He's a law professor and professor of health management and policy at Drexel University. Welcome, Dr. Field. Thanks. Now, Philadelphia is the only city to put this mask mandate back in place. Dr. Fields, why are we kind of on an island here? We're going by rules that are different from bigger cities like New York. No other cities have really started talking about putting mask mandates back in place. The CDC doesn't necessarily advise it. Why are we doing something so different? Yeah, well, Philadelphia does a lot of things differently, uh, as you might have noticed. Uh, it likes to be out front in public health. So this is not the first time we've done something like this. Uh, we were one of the first cities to impose calorie counts on chain restaurants, uh, one of the first to institute a soft drink tax. Uh, so Philadelphia has a tradition of being uh, first in line in public health. And, and we have, uh, therefore, a very strong public health department and our own guidelines for when to reimpose mask mandates. And I think it's part of our tradition. So do you think then that this is a mindset, a philosophy that 
has carried on through multiple generations over different administrations. Why do you think it's stuck like that? Do you have a theory? Yeah, well, it actually goes back to Ben Franklin, who created the first hospital in the country here in Philadelphia. Uh, We have a a long tradition of of first teaching hospital, first pharmacy school, long tradition uh, in healthcare. Um, And we also have a a number of major uh, teaching hospitals and medical schools today. Uh, We have the pharmaceutical industry based in our area. Uh, So Philadelphia and healthcare have gone together actually for centuries. So what's your take on does does this really make sense based on the numbers and the fact that we're using different numbers? Or is there any element, you know, I've definitely heard people suggest that the city put this in place and when it came time to take the action, they may have realized that it wasn't exactly perfect, but they just had to follow through. Yeah, well, once we sort of drew the line in the sand, I think we had to stick to it. Um, We do have criteria that are are reasonable, uh, is saying that if the case counts go up by more than 50 percent, we'll reinstitute the mask mandate. But we're reaching a point in the pandemic where you really have to balance the other risks against the health benefits, Uh, the risks to businesses, restaurants in particular, and also to the public's overall sense of, of well-being of being able to go out and lead their lives again. Uh, No question, the pandemic is not done with us. Uh, It's going to continue to make a lot of people sick and it's going to continue to to kill a lot of people. Uh, But we do, after more than two years uh, of lockdowns and mandates and so forth, uh, we do have to balance uh, the harm to our economy and social life uh, against the health protection. That is a value judgment. And every city, uh, every person has to make it for themselves. I I don't think Philadelphia's judgment is unreasonable, uh, but I think that it does um, perhaps uh, fail to take into account uh, the feelings of a lot of the residents. Another justification that we heard from the city when the reinstatement was announced a few days ago is that one of the benefits for re-implementing the mask mandate was that It was to benefit members of black and brown communities that still remain vulnerable at this point in time that might not have fully gotten vaccinated at this stage of the game. What's your stance on that? Is there something systemic at work here? Well, yeah, we've seen many kinds of disparities accentuated by COVID, uh, certainly by race and ethnicity and also by uh, income and and social class. I'm not sure at this point uh, that minority communities are more susceptible. Uh, Vaccination rates have come up. We do have immunocompromised people uh, throughout our city. Um, I think the real issue is people who cannot be vaccinated and people who are immunocompromised and have um, serious chronic conditions. I'm not sure that uh, in terms of equity, uh, you you have different considerations because even in minority communities, uh, you have issues of businesses and social interaction and also the public just being confused. Um, to, to those of us in public health, setting a benchmark of 50% uh, increase in cases uh, is objective and, and it makes sense. But if you don't follow public health, uh, you're sort of getting whipsawed. Uh, by different advice at different times. Yeah. With that said, how realistic is it that this is going to help, you know, in terms of enforcement? 
Yeah, well, it certainly puts a burden on businesses. Uh, you know, we've seen restaurants have, have to deal with uh, objecting customers. We've certainly seen flight attendants have to deal with unruly passengers. Uh, and, and that's definitely part of the equation. If the city were able to send out inspectors to take that burden off of private businesses, it would be a different story. But of course, we don't have the resources to do that. Dr. Field, messaging, or some might say lack thereof, has been a consistent theme throughout the pandemic. What do you think can be done to clear up some of the confusion that tends to come with updates like this or changes in masking protocols, and especially given the CDC's role in all this? Yeah, well, I want to say one of the things that adds to the public confusion is that CDC has not recommended reinstituting mask mandates, and the city has gone its own way. Uh, I don't think that should be fatal to what the city wants to do because CDC basically just makes recommendations and they may have different trigger points. And uh, in local areas like Philadelphia, uh, the politicians and the citizens may feel differently. But that has added to public confusion. Um, and I think that's important. Throughout this pandemic, we've had real problems with public health messaging. Um, this pandemic is new. Um, public health is often uh, trying to predict things. I think uh, they have an even tougher time uh, than the meteorologists. Uh, we don't know what the weather's going to do. We don't know what the pandemic's going to do. And the meteorologists uh, will tell us there's an X percent chance of rain or snow uh, or sunshine. Uh, it's tougher for public health officials to tell us we have a certain percent chance of getting really sick or going into intensive care or dying, what those numbers mean. Um, but I think they really need to improve their efforts to be honest with the public and tell us what they know and what they don't know. We've seen so much unfortunate political acrimony over COVID, even about whether it actually exists um, and about the mitigation measures uh, that uh, it's extremely unfortunate when we as a country, as a world, uh, face this serious common threat. Uh, and we'd be so much more effective if we could pull together uh, and agree on what needs to be done. One thing you brought up earlier was this whole notion of making a judgment value on how much weight do we assign to being able to mitigate the spread of a very serious virus and then the toll that it's taking on people at this point in time. Beyond some things on the surface that might seem obvious to the everyday person, what are factors that policymakers make when it comes to these holistic judgment calls and value decisions? Yeah, well, uh, they're inundated by data uh, from a lot of sources, uh, the public health data, the incidence data, um, the economic data, and just the survey data in terms of how people are reacting. And then the political environment, um, public health officials are accountable to elected officials. Uh, so you're seeing different attitudes in, in different parts of the country. Philadelphia uh, is, is on the more liberal side, um, more accommodating to public health. But you have a, a lot of different people with a lot of different attitudes, and uh, e even a lot of people who are very sympathetic to public health are beginning to see uh, the better balance is necessary. I mean, we're seeing issues of mental illness. 
isolation, uh, people feeling uh, the, the effects of not being able to go along with their normal lives. Uh, there's also the question of whether instituting this within the city limits, which is only as far as the city has jurisdiction, um, is going to be that effective uh, since it's the region. Uh, you know, right. we don't have checkpoints at the borders of Philadelphia. Uh, so people commute, uh, they shop, they go back and forth all the time. Uh, and can we really get a handle of this uh, if, if we can only enforce the mass mandate in the city? Let's pause for a second there. We got to take a quick break. But Dr. Field, we do have some more questions for you. And we want to get into this lawsuit that's fighting against the mask mandate, find out whether or not it has any actual possibility of succeeding. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We've been talking to Dr. Robert Field from Drexel University about Philadelphia's reinstated mask mandate, why we are the only city to do this and how to kind of make sense of it all. You know, personally for my psyche, it kind of messes with me when I am working in the city and then going out and doing other things in the suburbs. And I have to flip between this mindset of being extra cautious in the city, but then you go out in the suburbs and no one's wearing a mask and it's like a little bit jarring going back and forth. So how do people who don't, who come into the city, who don't live in the city kind of deal with those, just that dichotomy, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you have to adjust your behavior and adjust your expectations. Uh, I know um, I continue to wear a mask in supermarkets and in other indoor spaces. Uh, most people don't anymore. And I've sort of gotten used to the fact that different people have different attitudes. Um, the Wearing a mask yourself uh, does add a, a fair amount of protection, and it does uh, accommodate uh, people who are public health oriented and maybe people who are immunocompromised. Uh, it's not perfect, and we're obviously protected better if everyone does their part and, and wears a mask. Um, but, you know, at some point, um, we put up with a lot of risks in our lives, and uh, there is a COVID protection fatigue. Uh, and, and I think we're, we're seeing a lot of that. Philadelphia, I think, uh, has to be commended for, do, for trying, uh, for trying to be out front, uh, as we did with the soda tax and, and the calorie counts, uh, for making a statement that this is a city that cares about health and, and preserving uh, the life of people who are uh, uh, in impaired health conditions. But there is reality. And the reality is we're not doing it in a vacuum. Uh, and so we, we have to pay attention. Would it make sense to go back on the line that we drew about when to reinstitute the mask mandate? I think right now it wouldn't. It would make us seem inconsistent. But going forward, perhaps the guidelines require some revisiting. If we do end up in a world where people start to be more of the consensus that the secondary effects of mask wearing have more consequence than the primary effects, what would that look like? Is it just some of the next phase and the evolution of this where masking becomes less and less part of the protocol for protecting against the spread of COVID? Have you thought much about that or mapped that out in the future, what that could look like? Yeah, well, it really depends on the virus. <laughs> that, that's who has the final call. Um, we haven't seen anything as serious as the Delta strain, uh, thank goodness. And if we don't, uh, then it will be easier and easier to ease off the mandates and say each person does what they think is necessary for themselves. But we don't know what's out there. 
And we do, at the very least, need the flexibility to go back and impose some of the mandates that we've had uh, if something really serious comes back. Unfortunately, with Omicron and the B2 uh, variant, uh, they've been more contagious, but not more severe. We can only hold our breath and hope that the future variants are not very different from that. Now, of course, there are people who are very opposed to this. There always will be. And there's a group of businesses that have actually filed a lawsuit against the city. They're basically claiming that the city doesn't have the authority to impose this mandate, which goes against what the State Department of Health and the CDC are saying. Are you familiar with this lawsuit? Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, they're saying that only the state uh, can impose such a mandate and that the emergency declaration has expired. Uh, So even the state uh, doesn't have the authority at this point, or, mm. or at least that's what they're claiming. Do you think that it has legs? Is there a chance that that this thing could overturn the mandate? Yeah, I think there is a chance. Uh, we've seen courts go back and forth on this. Uh, I think given uh, that the state Supreme Court limited the governor's uh, discretion uh, in light of the end of the emergency declaration, that there is a, a reasonable chance that that could happen. Uh, I think it's unfortunate if localities don't have the flexibility to make decisions like this. Uh, the businesses, I understand, have grievances. Uh, if they feel strongly enough, uh, they can elect different officials uh, who, who can make different decisions next time. Uh, we now have a mayor and a city council that feels a certain way about the balance of risks. Uh, but if a locality can't make life or death decisions like this, then what authority does it really have? So then do you think this could have broader consequences beyond just this mask mandate? But would this set a precedent for lawsuits and city rules going forward? Yeah, yeah. Well, it would certainly make future lawsuits more likely to succeed uh, and would make the city more cautious as it goes forward. Uh, If we can continue to see uh, variants that are contagious, but not uh, as serious as some we've seen in the past, uh, then the city can uh, more or less go with it uh, and um, go with with the general uh, statewide balance. If we do see variants that do become more serious and more lethal, then it will put localities like Philadelphia in a much tougher spot. Uh, And that's where I think uh, local discretion, uh, it's literally a matter of life and death at that point. Hopefully we won't reach that point, but we're not out of the woods yet. Dr. Field, thanks so much for for joining us and helping us kind of break this all down. Okay, it was my pleasure. That's it for this Monday. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Serka. I'm Brian Seltzer. We'll catch you tomorrow. Have a great one.